welcome back to this episode of The Igloo. We have a very special guest today, President Nito Kubain. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be with you. Uh, so I, I've got a lot to talk about today, a whole lot of questions to ask you. Um, but I want to start with your story um, that you tell during freshman seminar where you teach, uh, it's a class that you teach, to all the freshmen of life skills, your own story, how HPU kind of works, uh, leadership, everything that you need to know. Uh, and in that class, you tell your life story. I think mm. it's a very interesting one, and I would love for our listeners to hear it. If they Sure, have yeah. You know, I, uh, I came to America when I was 17 years of age. I came here to go to college. My dad died when I was six years of age. My mother brought us up. She had fourth grade education. And um, she taught me principally most of the lessons I've really used in life repeatedly and, and for good. And she borrowed money to send me on a one-way ticket. I didn't see her for five years. I went to undergrad and grad in the States, and then I came out of grad school and began my first business. It was a direct mail leadership um, company. We sold leadership materials and so on. And we, in a short period of time, built about 68,000 customers in, in 38 countries. And that then brought the people who bought my materials to wanted me to come and speak. And so I began to speak to these different organizations. And before you know it, I was a professional speaker doing about 150, 200 presentations a year. I started making a little cash. Life was getting really, really good. And um, out of that came my books and what was then cassettes and CDs. And out of that came a consulting business. I made money and then I started a bank with a few guys. And, and then I bought a company called Great Harvest Bread Company. And so I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I was going to say, I yes. love I love to take an idea and see an opportunity and run with it and multiply it. And in 2005, um, I was the incoming chairman of the board of trustees at High Point University. And High Point was not doing well at all. We only had 370 freshmen and we were losing 20% a year. We had a total of 1,400 students. We had about $120 million in deferred maintenance, buildings that needs fixing and so on. And they begged me to come and be president. And I was doing really well. I thought, why would I do that? (laughs) But um, I went to High Point, junior and senior year. And so I came here, promised to be here two years. This is my 19th year. I fell in love with the students and the faculty and the staff and the whole mission and values and concept of what we're doing here, creating leaders for tomorrow. And so I can't wait to come to work every morning. I usually work 12 to 14 hours every day. And um, I love most of it. And the ones that I don't love, uh, the moments I don't love, I still appreciate, cherish, and learn from. Absolutely. And you talk a lot about, with that last point, of like the growth mindset that we have here at High Point. Mm. I think that's very special. And I don't know if other universities have something like it, but it feels very unique to have that always told to you of the growth mindset. Even if you didn't like something, it's still a learning experience. Yeah. So very well, I mean, remember, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I'm a business guy. I built businesses in my life. So I'm not your typical college president. When I came here, but by that I mean that, you know, I didn't come through the academy. Right, right? I right. wasn't a professor who became a, a chair. Climbing the ranks and so on. And so my my mindset is all about um, the notion that everything is possible. There's no no such thing as unrealistic dreams, only unrealistic timelines. That the circumstances in which you find yourself do not determine where you end up. They only define where you start. I really believe this stuff. I believe that you can get up in the morning, work hard, work smart, hang around the right people, don't give up, have grit, be tenacious. And something will come off of it, and you will learn from it, and you can grow it and multiply it. 
So, you know, growth mindset is all about the fact that you must be flexible and agile. You must learn something new every day. You must bring value to every environment in which you reside. You must be the kind of person people want to be around because you have a positive attitude about life and and you have um, an energetic view of life and you're not just sort of sitting in the corner in your rocking chair just sort of you know letting time pass you by right absolutely so i'm highly organized i don't believe in terms of time management i think about energy management is this worthy of my energy wow that's and in any given day i'll have 14 15 meetings and i do about 250 emails and, you know, I administer a very, very complex and very, very successful university. Absolutely. And we have been very blessed and, and highly favored. And for all of that, I'm very grateful. That's, yeah, that's all. Everything is amazing. Um, I want to jump ahead a little bit to a conversation you might not enjoy um, about a day when you leave High Point University. Mm. Um, in more What of makes a, you think I'm going to leave High Point University? Well, you would never. Are you predicting that I'm going to no, die someday? No, I would never. <laughs> someday. That day is not today or in the yeah, near future. Yeah, okay. Um, but when you are looking for a successor one yes, day, yes. what does that person look like to you? Yeah, that's really a very, very good question. Thank you for that. Obviously, something I think about. Um, any mature leader must think about those kinds of issues. Who's next? Uh, first of all, the bylaws of Hype University call for me when I want to make that change to become chancellor and to hire a president and to remain as chancellor, the chief executive officer of this university. I don't know when that will be. Um, I see at least another five or six years. I think I could be you know, active president day to day. Uh, I'm very energized. I have a lot of energy. You know, I, I got more ideas by noon every day that I can do in a lifetime. <laughs> so it would have to take some kind of a medical issue, physical issue, which can happen to any one of us any minute, sure. um, to, to preclude me from pursuing what I'm doing. But having said that, um, I think that we have been able to build over the last 18 years a very solid foundation for the university. Uh, we have phenomenal team of men and women who come to work every day and take care of business and serve the needs of our students academically and otherwise. And so I believe we have a very strong base in, in both in financial strength, in physical plant, in academic excellence, in market demand, that the next president is going to have a much easier job than I had. I, I had to be the guy who, who envisioned and built this place. Obviously not by myself. It takes right. a village. But I was the guy who drove the bus, right? Absolutely. And, and painted the bus and, and decided what bus we're going to get and filled it up with gas. And we've been able to do amazing things. So I think the next person could be one of one with many different skills. They don't have to have my skills because they don't have to build 108 buildings like I've had to do. <laughs> they don't have to buy 500 acres like I've had to do. They don't have to take the school from 14 out of 6,000 like I've had to do. They don't have to add 11 academic schools like I've been able to do. So their job will be more one of maintenance keeping what we keeping have steady, and yeah. sustain it. In many ways, that's a lot easier than what I've had to do. <laughs> um, 
And so it has to be a person who's highly organized, who has the culture of High Point University, who believes in what we believe in, God, family, country, Premier Life Skills University, who puts the students up front and center every day as I try to do every single day. At the the end of the day, we value every person who works here. We appreciate every person who brings service here. But if we didn't have students, we'd shut down. So um, I'm very, very focused on the students. We were talking today about, we had a tasting event today for the new hibachi restaurant. Nice. And oh my God, (laughs) the food food was just, oh wow. (laughs) I I feel stuffed and I ate just this much of everything. But um, I kept saying the same thing. You know, I understand this, I, I, I like that, but what will this student like? We discussed, when will we close the restaurant one night of the week? And I right. go, let's not decide based on our convenience. Let's figure out what the students want. So if we said close Monday night, but the students say, well, I really want to go there Monday night, but maybe Sunday night, I'm not as eager to do it. We have to listen to the person who lives here 24-7. So that person has to be culturally connected to High Point University and has to be intensely focused on the needs and fears and goals and aspirations of our students, while at the same time maintain and retain an environment where every staff person, where every professor can also excel. Um, obviously, the person has to be educated. Obviously, they have to have some knowledge of fiscal literacy. Of obviously, they have to get along with people. Obviously, they have to know how to raise money. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. those are those are those are conditional foundations for being an effective president in very turbulent times in America yeah. and the world. Um, But having said that, we have several people here on campus who potentially could become that person. And if not, America is filled with very talented people. For sure. And I think the university would have minimal effect, you know, in in finding somebody. Um, That person doesn't have to be exactly like me. I'm a people person. You know, I'm I'm all about the students and hanging out and screaming at me from the cars (laughs) and talk to everybody, (laughs) you know, and that's me. That's just who I am. And I love that part of my work. Absolutely. Um, the next person might not be like that. It, it would help if they're like that, but maybe they have strengths in other areas. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense because when looking for any successor in any profession, you don't want to have that cookie cutter person. And right. I'm, I'm glad that you right. have that open mind. So that's amazing yes, to hear. Absolutely. Uh, and then you mentioned with who this, the the job that this person will have to do. It is more of like keeping steady and and holding what holding on to what we already have here whereas you've built so much of it. Um, I heard a very interesting story from Professor Larry Quinn, uh, and I'd love to get your side of the story about uh, the one woman who didn't want to move out of her house um, off campus when we were expanding. Mm. And it was determined through a lot of trial and error that she it wasn't about the money for her. She wasn't able to move or thought she wasn't able to move and didn't want to go through that hassle and didn't know how to call a moving company because she had lived there for so long. She didn't know how any of that worked. Uh, do you remember that story? Or that oh, incident? I have many of those stories. Okay, I was That's wondering if, of many. if I could hear a couple of them if you're, yeah. if you're willing. Um, I would just, it's such an interesting aspect of our university that it is growing because yeah. few are. Um, well, I mean, here are the facts. Hype University had 91 acres which is basically less than one-sixth of the size we are today. And all the streets that students travel by every day and they just take them for granted inside campus, these were all public streets. Absolutely. So this was just a city. You know, we were just hanging out in the middle of a city. And I knew that 91 acres is not going to take us anywhere. We have to expand. We have to build buildings. We have to add residential facilities, et cetera. 
And so we had to buy a ton of houses because this is a residential area. We had to pay a lot of money for it. And we never forced anybody to sell. You know, we started buying and paying good money for it. Some of the houses we had to demolish to, to, to build buildings, to build building, like School yeah. of Communication and Centennial and all of that were houses. Right. Now, we were lucky because we are in a low... Uh, end area, so to speak. You know, the houses were not very expensive. The tax base was very minimal. Many of them were rental homes. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we did is we put together a program where we would say to you, uh, should you choose to sell us a house, we would move you to the new house. We would pay for the, for the moving, moving expenses. Mm -hmm. And if some of them wanted to go, for example, to a nursing home, we'd put you in one of our vehicles and we'll take you around this area. We'll show you the nursing homes and let you pick the one. We were, we were civil, respectful, fair, equitable. And in most cases, it worked just fine. Yeah. Occasionally, there was one who would not want to sell and we own everything on that street or everything on that yeah. block. For example, where Wanik is right now, uh, there Which was one, one house that would just not want to move. Which Wanick? The um, science or the... It's um, just the front. So, just the front. Oh, okay. When you enter sure. Wanick, right the front. And so I couldn't build Wanick without it. Right, right. And I was determined I want to take all the utility lines on the street underground. We don't have any utility lines at High Point, High Point University. We so, don't. You know, so everything is underground. And so I needed the land to make that happen. In the end, after 32 meetings with this individual, wow, I managed to make the deal. He wanted an enormous amount of money, which made absolutely no sense. But in the end, I gave him the money on the condition when he dies, he gives half of it back to the university. Okay. Um, he hasn't died. He's 245 years old at the moment. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what Holding happens. out, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know which woman that was, but but we're very respectful. We don't believe in eminent domain. We, we try to be, it is your home. You do what you want. Absolutely. Uh, up and down Cobain Avenue now, what used to be Montlou, we have about 60 houses or so. Students live there. Yeah. And there are about 20, 30 people who have not agreed to sell us. Uh, we, we've paid millions of dollars to fix the street, nevertheless. If they sell us, we do something different. You know, we put our fence, we'll secure the property differently, and so on. Absolutely. But we have done an amazing, amazing job in building a campus from basically nothing. Right. And you wouldn't remember it, but people who were here 18 years ago and saw the evolution of this place, it's a miracle. It's an un unbelievable transformation of a university that probably would have died by now, given the Great Recession, 08, 09, and 10, and given COVID in 19, 20, and 21. Uh, but we have we have survived both and thrived in spite of them. I was going to say thrived instead and of survived. we've never gone backwards. We've grown every single year on campus. That's amazing. Um, so with all of that in mind, um, with expansion and who's next and legacy, um, you have recently built a new children's museum on Montelieu there yep. um, with uh, your wife, uh, Mariana, and your name is all over the place. Is that something special? I think that's her first. Uh, let's put things in perspective. I, I also, we were, we were the lead donor to the um, University Conference Center and Arena. That's why our name is there. Uh, by lead donor, that means you gave the most money in the front end to make it work. Right. Um, Congratulations. We were, we were the lead donor of the, the museum. But the museum had a much bigger, and so the board of directors decides right, you know, they right. want to honor you and all that. Well, the museum was a, a part of a much, much bigger project. 
I, I chaired a big campaign to raise $100 million to develop downtown High Point. So I'm the one who bought the baseball team and and uh, the scoreboard that you see down oh, yeah. there and all of that. I'm the guy who went out there and raised all that money. And I promised that we'll build a children's museum and we'll bring a hotel and a, we'll build apartments and all of that. And so the museum was just an outgrowth of that project. And man, oh man, has it been successful. I can't believe it. We anticipated that we'll have many people who like it. We never thought that in less than a year we had 140,000 visitors. Whoa. And it's apparently we've done a great job. We went to New York and got designers from the museum and they envisioned, you know, the pieces and developed it. I don't know if you've been in it or not. It's I a, have not. It's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal place. I have friends that work there for uh, their. I'm a special ed major, and I'm, but I'm non-licensure. So other friends of mine that are not getting their teaching license through yes. uh, North Carolina, uh, that is their current placement. So oh, they get to I work see. in there yeah. for uh, It's for It's class. an incredible place. It's Absolutely. very, very thoughtful. It's well done, and it's it's a learning it's a learning laboratory. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm very, very proud of it, and I'll tell you why. Um, it attracts people from all quadrants of the city and this region, regardless of economic placement and so on. And that pleases me immensely that people can go with their family and have a really good, healthy place to enjoy themselves. Absolutely. So changing gears a little bit here, uh, circling back to you being the president and just the head of every organization here, directly or indirectly, um, there's a lot of people that complain about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And you are the man at the top of the food chain that has to answer those questions sometimes. Yeah. How do you filter out all of the the questions from the the valid and genuine to the just entitled parent or entitled child yeah. who's being selfish? I mean, we have 8,000 people on this campus, right? right? So people have their own opinions about everything. Unfortunately, we live in a society where nine things can go right, and if one thing goes wrong, people dwell on the one thing that goes wrong. Absolutely. So I have a very simple formula for that, and that is, first of all, I care. Absolutely, so of course. So I, I think that... If somebody gives feedback about something, I pay very close attention because it can lead to better places. Uh, the difference is I listen to the criticism. If it's criticism, I listen to it. If it is, or I read it with interest. If it is merited, then we do something about it. Of course. Right? So we're not foolish. We don't just, oh, I don't care what you say. Just we don't know. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> we will fix that. If, on the other hand, it is not merited, then I have to forget about it because if I let criticism enter the zone of your creative mind and your transformational self, then that's all you'll do. And you'll Start be to down shut in down. the dump all the time. Yeah. Um, what I've learned though is that most people are very, very fair. Um, there's a difference between opining and criticizing. So a lot of people, because they, they chatter and they talk, they'll say things that sounds like everybody's unhappy. If that were true, we wouldn't have any retention. We're among the most retained percentage-wise schools in America, right? Well, yeah. So uh, obviously our students like this place so they wouldn't come back. <laughs> but the ones who don't like it make the most noise. And that's typical in life. The person who doesn't like something makes the most noise. doesn't mean everybody agrees with them. But you can pick a concert, for example, and some will not like it. Well, you're not going to find a, a group that everybody loves. Right? Of course. So... You can paint the wall green and someone doesn't like green. Uh, I, I'm, more, I'm more focused on what is important, right. what, what affects people's lives. 
Um, if someone says, well, you know, there's a leak in my ceiling, that's important. It has to be fixed. So that's not criticism. That's excellent feedback. And just a fact sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And maybe the, you haven't noticed, I haven't noticed, exactly. but they, that person did. And we yeah. deal with it. Absolutely. But if it's just someone who says, I don't like this, I don't like that, or someone might say, well, he's this or he's that, you, know, you, can't, you can't let that be disruptive in your life. Leadership is about creating capacity in other people. And if you focus on the negative and the whining person, you, you, you ignore your sense of gratitude and thankfulness. So whining is the opposite of thankfulness. Right. The more you whine, the more you proclaim to God in the world, I'm not grateful for what I have. Right? So when you say, well, it's a cloudy day, I hate cloudy days, that means you're not grateful for all the sunny days we had. Absolutely. Right? You, you complain about one meal in the calf, that means you're not grateful for the 200 meals you had that were pretty darn good. Absolutely. So I think it's a sign of immaturity to whine needlessly. It's a sign of great maturity to give feedback that is productive, that helps an organization to move forward. Would you say that social media plays a huge role in that? Because we've talked about that before on the yeah. podcast of just the way that everything can can start from just two people complaining to 500 likes and you know a thousand shares, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, social media has created a sense of irresponsibility in our behavior because there is no there is no um, pain that goes with it. So what happens is people go online, say something, and then. It could be very injurious to somebody else, and they don't have the facts right. They just blurt it out there, and then people sort of support them foolishly without thinking first, and it becomes an issue, right? And we've had a number of situations like that at Hype University where somebody claimed something, people believed it when it was really not based on fact. I'm not suggesting someone lied. I'm simply suggesting that sometimes they don't accumulate all the right facts before they opine. Of course. And then, therefore, it becomes sort of like what people think about of you and so on. However, remember this. We are living in a media world. There is so much information, so much online, so many magazines, so many TV programs um, that it doesn't stick much. Right. right. Because if you, if, you, if you read 200 Facebook comments and something was negative you may you you tend to remember the negative more than the positive but eventually it just goes away because yeah. it's just not you, you can't absorb all of that and if somebody really comes after us in a really bad way we'll go after them you know right. somebody, you take care of it. somebody comes and claims all kinds of bad things and they're not true then we have to protect our reputation of course and speaking of reputation, this was I was going to flip this a little bit of a different direction than the fact that there just is so much out there that people do eventually forget mm. of High Point University in its own has so much out there, social uh, such a social media presence, even ads on television and stuff. I've got friends up in, I'm from New York, but I've got friends up in Boston that are seeing our, our ads on, on TV. And I think that is such a special aspect because you don't see, not to name names, but you don't see other universities having such yeah. a presence on either social media well, or we're, television. We're very well known, right? So yeah. it's not just on television. We are in every business journal in the nation. We are in Business North Carolina every month. Uh, we are um, mentioned and written about in more than 200 books in this country. Um, so 
you know, we are an anomaly when it comes to transformational thinking, to innovative approaches, to creativity. We are a university that is the premier life skills university. We do things quite differently than many others. We have an ecosystem here that ensures that every student like you uh, can prosper and grow and do well, even though they might be a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Uh, that's not present in lots of places. Because we're a smaller school, we, we focus on the success of our students and their future. And the, um, uh, the, the truth of the matter is that uh, some, some people like what we do, some people don't. Some people, two people can look at a television commercial, for example, which our commercial simply says, you know, there's a high point university there and look how beautiful it is, that's all. It doesn't say come to our university, apply to our university, we're not begging for students. We have 20,000 applications <laughs> this year. But um, some people go, that's a marvelous thing. I can't believe I saw it on CNBC. I saw it on Fox in the morning. I saw it on Fox Business. I saw it you know, on the History Channel, Golf Channel. Wherever it is, yeah. Somebody else goes, I don't understand why they put that ad on there. You know, I'm I don't wasting understand. Wasting my money. <laughs> Something so, like that, yeah. You can't please all the people all the time. Of course. So at the end, you have to determine what's appropriate and what's not and act in a responsible and responsive manner. And I always say, you know, if most of the people think we're doing the right thing, more than likely it's the right thing. Yeah. I know you're short on time, so i got three more questions for you if that's all right. Um, so with advertising and, and all of those aspects of this university, uh, what I, something that I don't think is advertised enough to the general public is how many activities we offer throughout the day. Perfect example is look out the window right yeah, there. There's a yeah. we've got our last day of classes carnival going on, mm. which is such a, a fun aspect that I don't think is publicized enough. And I think it's so special. We have food trucks almost every single day yeah. out in front of Wanick. We uh, are all highly that. focused on the students. Absolutely. And it shows. And I want a student's life to be balanced. Mm -hmm. So there's a time you have to be in the classroom, right? You have to write your papers, you have to pass your exams, or you're going to flunk out of school. But I don't want you doing that 24/7. I also want you to go sit by a pool and relax. And yeah. I want you to go and you know enjoy a carnival. I want you to go to a concert. Life has to be in balance, otherwise we'll, we go crazy. So yeah, we invest a lot of resources, not just money, but human resources to pull off those kinds of things. And I don't apologize for it one bit. I think <laughs> I think our, I think our students and their families deserve appreciation and deserve engagement. You're right. We have 150 organizations on this campus. They're always doing great things, raising money, doing this, helping people, MLKs a day on, not a day off, and all of that. 500,000 hours a year in investment in, in human nurture. I love that, you know, yeah. I think it's phenomenal. But I want our students to graduate and be successful. I make no apology. I don't want our students to just be, oh, I don't know who I am and where I'm going. No, dude, you can make it happen. You can climb the highest mountain. You were created to be extraordinary. So choose to be extraordinary. That's my message. And there is people tell me when they come here, there's an energy on this campus, man. There is. You don't see this in lots of other places. That's our culture. Our culture is, come on, be joyful. Go do something, make something. There's a million things here. Occasionally, we get some students who come here who don't like that. They like a quiet, sedate, you know, environment. This may not be the school for them, right? Right. But I love it here, so can't complain about a carnival and a food truck every other day. Um, so now, second to last question here. As sitting in front of you, two graduating seniors just had our last day of classes, finished with college forever. 
um, not education forever, but college, yeah. uh, undergrad. And do you have any advice for graduating seniors? Yeah. Um, always remember that focus is more important than intelligence. So whatever it is you're focused on, that's what you're going to achieve in life. So make sure that you invest your time, your energy, your thoughts in that, which gets you closer to your goals. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Number two, who you spend time with is who you become. Pick your friends very, very carefully. I don't mean just to party and have a good time. I'm talking about friends who will nourish your mind, nurture your heart. The kind of people can open doors of opportunity for you. Pick those very carefully. More than likely, your income in life will be the average of the five people income that you spend the most time with so if you want to make more money hang around people making more money because you <laughs> learn how to do it yeah and and so um and 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 ultimately just know that you're responsible for your choices so make good choices in life absolutely well that's great thank you uh so final question here i ask this one every time and i preface it with this after i ask it i'm not going to clarify anything else or any take this whichever direction that you want okay. however big however small do you have any regrets mm. i do have some regrets um, <clears throat> I regret a couple of times when I got into a, you know, a, a less than very appropriate conversation with someone, meaning someone got me angry and I, you know, I verbally sort of responded in ways. Probably didn't accomplish have. a thing, yeah. made me more angry, made them angry. I regret that. Um, I regret mostly times when I could have been kinder and nicer and more generous and I, I didn't step up and step out in a way that I think I should have. I regret that um, I didn't do as much for my mom, you know, because she died. She was 92, but she was sort of sick from 82, 83 on. And I regret having not spent more time with her. Um, I regret that I spent uh, a few years of my life drinking cheap wine. And <laughs> life is short. I don't want to do that anymore, you know. That's awful. Um, so I regret sorry. not learning to, to do things that I would have enjoyed thoroughly, like learning how to speak French or how to play the piano, how to play a guitar. I regret that I don't know quite as much about art appreciation as I should. I regret that I did not assemble art in my life when I should have. I should have a beautiful collection of art. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I didn't focus on it. I collected other things, but I didn't collect that. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Those are kind of my regrets. But, but you cannot simply have a series of regrets without having a long list of uh, things I'm very proud of and grateful for and and pleased about. So my regrets constitute about one-tenth of one percent of the whole of my life. Right. And that's, I think, the most important thing. A lot of people come on here and say that they have no regrets because a lot of their experiences have made them who they are. And that is an absolutely true statement. The trouble is there are little regrets here and there, things yeah. that you should have done, but they can't be bigger than point zero. Well, it's okay to have regrets as long as they're not paralyzing. Absolutely. So if you have regrets that paralyze you, that you're going to focus on that, you know, that's pretty bad. But but no, I mean, it's uh, I lived a wonderful life, but that doesn't mean it was a perfect life. Of course. There are ways now that I am much more, have much more wisdom and experience, I could have done some things very differently. And they may have ignored much better results. To that extent, sure, I have some regrets. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. We uh, understand it's very precious and that you are doing a lot in, in every single day. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and supporting Thank you. It's my pleasure being with both of you, and I wish you the very best. And thank congratulations you. on your graduation. I look forward thank to giving you. you a diploma with your name spelled on it correctly. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thanks.